This podcast is part of the Batman Universe Podcast Network, hosted by the BatmanUniverse.net. Check out everything related to Batman and the entire Bat family at the BatmanUniverse.net, including news and original content related to comics, movies, television, merchandise, video games, and more. Also, check out some of the other unique podcasts that TBU has to offer. Consider supporting this podcast by becoming a patron on Patreon. Even $1 can go a long way in supporting this content that you enjoy. Look for a link over at thebatmanuniverse.net to offer your support now. And now, on with the show. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 238 of A Dublin Dane. My name is Tim, and joining me, as always, is Dane himself. Currently not in Dublin, but he's here with us today on this podcast. So. <laughs> Dane, how's it going? Uh, it's it's going good, Tim. Uh, how have you been? I've been okay. Uh, just getting excited for what's been a pretty awesome month of Star Wars. And as we're recording this episode right now, Saturday, May 21st, we're about to enter a really, really huge week of Star Wars with Celebration coming up next weekend. And of course, the premiere of Obi-Wan Kenobi. So a lot of cool stuff has been happening with Star Wars in the month of May. We've had obviously May the 4th, May the Obi-Wan Kenobi's second trailer that came out that week. Vanity Fair just came out with a big article um, previewing the new TV shows coming out. So just a lot of great Star Wars stuff this this month. It's been awesome. But as we'll talk about later on, another big thing in Star Wars, we had a milestone. So and I'm looking forward to talking about that. (laughs) I wonder what that could be, Tim. The biggest one of all, if you ask me. (laughs) Oh, yeah. The the day that... uh... Jar Jar was created, right? <laughs> that was that's it. Okay, okay. I I, I have a lot of things to say about uh, Jar Jar. <laughs> <laughs> I'd love to hear it, actually. <laughs> well, you know, Jar Jar gets a lot of flack, and um, you know, I don't think he deserves it. Sure, he is no, a he goofy person, but that's what he was created to be. And he was also created to be a a political device, I guess you could say, right? About how uh, how you have to pay attention and you can't be a goofball when it comes to certain things, right? Yeah, how easily you can be manipulated if you're not careful. Sure. You can easily be manipulated by the right person in this case it is palpatine yes (laughs) but i like jar jar i like jar jar so um yeah that's all i have to say about jar jar (laughs) i was preparing myself for some deep philosophical (laughs) 
thoughts you had on the character that was just gonna blow my mind but I'll, i guess i'll take i like jar jar <laughs> yeah i i don't think philosophy and jar jar really go hand in hand <laughs> i mean i'm sure there's a there's a diamond in the rough that we could probably talk through or find <laughs> i'm sure someone can make that work <laughs> yeah <laughs> But I guess before, as always, getting into the nitty gritty of our episode, we got to kick things off, continuing our minute by minute commentary of the Lord of the Rings, the Fellowship of the Ring, as we are getting closer oh, to Tim, the half wait, hour mark. Uh, one second, one second, before we get to that, uh, w- would you be uh, in agreement if I said that all of the Jedi that we see in the pre in the prequels, all the Jedi that we've seen so far with the exception of uh ray maybe ray ahsoka maybe have been have largely been failures well that's the legacy of the jedi really i mean luke says it in the right. last jedi the okay, legacy of the I, jedi is failure <laughs> yeah i i just wanted to uh to sort of run that by you just in case you know because Kind of a controversial thing, especially with like this this Kenobi thing uh, coming up, and like people praising like, oh Obi Wan is the greatest Jedi, or so and so was the greatest Jedi, and he did this or she did that, or you know so, so, stuff like that. And I was like, wait, but like they they failed as an institution, and they essentially gave Palpatine a reason to become an evil space dictator. So, and, and, and they failed to see what, what was right in front of their faces for the most part. So, like, they've largely been failures, right? You know, that, that makes sense, right? Yeah, we, you know? the order as a whole, yes, especially that area. But individuals, yeah. there's great Jedi. And even with failure, you could still overcome it and still embody what it means to be a Jedi, which I think Obi-Wan does, despite his failure with training Anakin. So, But as a yeah. whole, yes, I totally agree that even Luke says it in Last Jedi, the legacy of the Jedi is failure. And I guess you could say that, that, that that's one of the, 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 the best parts of the prequels, at least, I mean, I mean the sequels, uh, for me anyway, where it's like, you know, uh, they they sort of realize that oh okay so like the Jedi as an organization as a, you know as an order mm. as honestly like a, a a political body as as we, we come to find out in the in the later prequel movies and uh, Clone Wars um, you know that like they that Ray cannot follow exactly what they did and I know a lot of people had problems with that. A lot of that, that. I mean, that's why people hate the last Jedi. <laughs> but like, you, you know, you got to realize that, you know, that as an order, as, as a political uh, body, as you know, all these different things, you know, the Jedi were largely a failure. And so, like, w- with the with the sequels, you know, like they realize that, oh no, Ray has to go and do. The, her own thing and and figure it out by herself rather than be taught by you know the people that have failed and you know before her so 
Um, and I know that's why a lot of people hate The Last Jedi, but that's why I love it. Yeah, that's why I even going into it. I was totally on board with like the Luke's frame of mind in that movie as far as the Jedi Order needing to die because it didn't work. And I've, they didn't go this route because obviously by the end of the sequel trilogy established that Rey's going to be, you know, they even say it at the end of The Last Jedi, Luke, I will not be The Last Jedi. Rey's going to continue on the legacy. So the Jedi legacy will continue, obviously. Sure. But I was okay with it if they kind of put an end. The Jedi Order did end with Luke and Rey just started something totally different. Um, not necessarily being called Jedi, but starting a new organization. I thought that would have been an interesting way to go, and I would have been all bored for that. But I could see it is a hard thing to fully put a, close the book on the Jedi Order um, in Star Wars. So I can understand why it needs to continue. But it is definitely something that's very interesting to talk about and discuss as far as uh, how different this next the Jedi need to be for them to actually rebuild and survive this time moving forward past the Rise of Skywalker. Which I hope we do get stories about that somewhere down the line. I don't know. A lot of a lot of those uh, plans have been halted, <laughs> so we'll see what ha- what uh, happens. Always in motion is the future. <laughs> oh. Remember those lines from Yoda. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Yoda has a line for everything. Oh yes, he does. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, oh, okay. sorry for interrupting. <laughs> No, come on, Dave. It's tradition now. You have to interrupt me at least once per episode. <laughs> at least uh, 17 times per episode. <laughs> there might have been one where it was that many times. <laughs> uh, but continuing with our minute-by-minute commentary, we're going to go from minute 26 to minute 27. And as always, you can go ahead and grab your VHS copy, your DVD copy, laser disc copy, your HD DVD copy, your Betamax tape, Netflix physical media, your Blockbuster video membership, and your DVHS player, and our favorite, your converted VHS to DVD copy. So if you have any of those, go ahead and mark it to the 26 minute, and I'll give the countdown. Now you're ready, Dane. Uh, you just forgot the uh, PS Vita slash uh, uh ps uh <laughs> umd that's what it was yeah umd right <laughs> yeah if you just so happen to have a copy of that <laughs> of uh, lord of the rings or uh on umd you know definitely grab that in fact that's what i'm gonna grab right now <laughs> I'm, sure you have, I'm sure you have a psp lying around somewhere i do it's a darth vader thing <laughs> psp too <laughs> oh of course of course it is of course uh tim what kind of underwear are you wearing today uh darth vader oh okay got it i could just assume that <laughs> what kind of t-shirt are you wearing today oh a luke skywalker one of course i totally totally knew that well, actually <laughs> what kind of i was gonna say actually the t-shirt i'm wearing is a star wars no the classic uh queen album cover the second album with all four of them with their heads on the album cover, so I got one of that where it's Palpatine, Darth Vader, Maul, and Kylo Ren. <laughs> That's what I'm currently writing. <laughs> you didn't have to tell me that, Tim. I just assumed it. <laughs> <laughs> but I had to give you the exact description of what type of Star Wars shirt I'm wearing today. Wow, what what kind of toothbrush do you have? Oh, you have a toothbrush? <laughs> of course you do, Tim. What kind of toothpaste did you use? Oh, uh, 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 an Obi-Wan theme? Uh, toothpaste? Oh, okay, of course, of course. 
<laughs> you know, you're actually reminding me, Dane. I should probably go see if there's any uh, Obi Wan Kenobi uh, merchandise tie-ins going on right now for that type of stuff. That Ooh, I I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure. No, no. Was Kenobi the one that the the, the sh- I don't think it was the sh- the Disney Plus show that people were getting mad at. Uh, and canceling their Disney Plus uh, subscription. Well, it hasn't aired yet, but I'm sure once it airs, there'll be those who are mad. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what was it? Damn, I can't remember. Oh, well. Uh, Lightyear. It was Lightyear. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Freaking old man. That's not even going to be on Disney Plus, though. <laughs> uh, was it Lightyear? Yeah, because there was the. Was there like a uh, like two women kiss or is, is it two men kiss or something? I don't know. I haven't heard. I'm sure there is yeah. controversy, but I <laughs> haven't heard any controversy myself regarding Lightyear. I just seen the trailers for it. That's it. But uh, it, it wouldn't surprise me if people are getting upset about something. Yeah. Okay, so when uh, Kenobi comes out and um, I don't know, uh, Ewan McGregor's beard isn't exactly like it was in <laughs> Return of the I mean uh, uh Vengeance Sith. That's it. Um, I'm gonna cancel my Disney Plus subscription. Sit. Had it with Disney Plus for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh sorry to lead you Dan. I guess I'll have to talk about the series myself by myself. Yeah. <laughs> yep. You will. <laughs> <laughs> Because spoiler alert, I think his beard will be different because it has been 10 years since we've been to the set. So. <laughs> no, people don't change their, their beards or haircuts in 10 years. <laughs> Sorry to disappoint you. <laughs> anyway, let's get well, to our... Two interruptions now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's going to be uh, your version of a drinking game, Tim, except you're going to be drinking water. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, every time I interrupt, you just take a drink. So I'll be well hydrated for this episode. <laughs> okay, so if you're ready, I'll give the countdown. I am. I am. Three, two, one, play. As Gandalf thinks, Bilbo's quite clever with that little trick. <laughs> Again, more great use of their techniques that they're using to have the height difference between Gandalf and Bilbo here that still looks impressive 20 years later, or going to be 21 years later now. At least we finally made it out of the party scene, Dane. <laughs> I don't know. We're still kind of in it because... No, I think we're out of it. it. Isn't there a follow-up with, with Frodo after this? There is, right? Yeah, but I mean... The party's over. Bilbo's gone. We're in his hobbit hole. We're not in the party. I, I am taking it as we're officially done with that. See, like I was saying, the ring looks bigger. Mm. See, like right here, when he's holding it in his two hands, it looks way bigger than he could fit on his finger. It is interesting. Except that was a thought I'd never... Or even consider what <laughs> thinking about how the ring fits into everyone's different hand sizes and stuff. But uh, well, now you're going to be having me looking at that every time someone holds the <laughs> ring and attempts to put it on. <laughs> well, you know, Tim, I am you know a movie expert and uh, <laughs> Lord of the Rings expert, as you know. So yeah, that's yep. that's uh, for, for a layman like yourself, Tim. 
<laughs> you know, I can understand why you didn't pick up on that. <laughs> yes, I defer to you now as all my Lord of the Ring questions will go to you. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just started noticing that because, like, I don't know, like, it, it, it looked like like that scene we just saw where it looked giant in between Bilbo's fingers, you know, he's holding in both, both of his hands, but then like when the ring goes on Frodo's hand, it fits in perfectly, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Stay tuned for more ring changes or ring sizes changes <laughs> in the future minute by minute commentary episodes. Yeah. <laughs> Facts and details you'll only get here. Because <laughs> nobody else is crazy enough to do a minute by minute commentary on one of the longest movies out there. <laughs> I haven't seen it yet. <laughs> but with that i guess we can go ahead and mention our feature topic which i alluded to is going to be more fun star wars talk probably from mainly for me <laughs> but because we recently had a big milestone for one of the big for one of the star wars movies which is the 20th anniversary of attack of the clones which in itself is just so hard to believe and i want to take every opportunity to celebrate that and talk about it because i feel it is the most underrated star wars movie and while it's not uh, my favorite star wars movie i love it more than i know a lot of other fans do and it's it's in my top five in my rankings of all the star wars films and there's just so much that i love about it and just want to go back to that time when it came out back in 2002 and remembering what it was like in celebrating the 20th anniversary of Star Wars Episode Two: Attack of the Clones. So, Dane, I know you're younger than me, but you did see this one in the theater, correct? Yeah, I saw all the prequels. In, okay, good. In the theaters. In fact, I've seen all of the Star Wars movies in the theaters. Yeah. Oh, well, With the exception of Clone Wars. I know that's for a lot of people, but I'm I'm so glad I could say that is not the exception for me. I could say I've seen every Star Wars movie in the theater, yeah. even Clone Wars. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I've seen, yeah, I'm pretty sure I've seen all of them in theaters. Nice. And so leading up to the release of Attack of the Clone, obviously there's fandom. I mean, we this is kind of where it first started for me in my Star Wars <laughs> fandom experience, but now it's commonplace where a new Star Wars movie comes out. Uh, there's going to be a lot of debate and fans kind of complaining about certain things and phantom menace was the epitome of that when it came out in 1999 obviously it was wasn't what a lot of fans were expecting a lot of people were disappointed with it but the movie did have its fans as well and those who were looking forward to episode two and those who were maybe hoping episode two would be better than what the phantom menace was so there is just a lot of different i guess views going into the movie as far as what people were expecting from it but me for someone who uh, enjoyed the Phantom Menace when it first came out, um, but also understanding while those it wasn't going to be for everybody, but just being very excited for episode two, knowing just where the story was going to go, um, having an older Anakin, having getting into the Clone Wars, and just couldn't wait to see what this next part in the prequel trilogy. And it all started, uh, just, I just even thinking back further than the trailers, really, just being super hyped in the year 2000 when they started filming and the star wars.com at that time was just having these little teases. There was these images called George Lucas selects. I believe it was like every Tuesday or every Thursday, they would release a new image. Some, some of them were our first look at some characters. I remember that was the first one, first look I got of Anakin and they tried to make it where it would 
certain shots would be blurry and like you couldn't see certain things in the background and you can make out a character but other things would be blurred out some of them would just be a nice clear image of a set or location so there was a variety but i remember that first one of just anakin running and like the background's all blurred it's from the shot where he's chasing zam wessel on the lower levels of coruscant but i didn't know that back then which is cool to see oh this is what anakin's outfit's gonna be and getting those images every week were just such a cool way to build up the hype until we got our first look at the movie with the trailers in 2001 and that was an awesome time getting those first looks at attack of the clones with the trailers because we actually got which is no other star wars star wars movie has done getting three teaser trailers in like the span of a couple of weeks it was just really exciting i remember the first one and they're all great too the first one was just like 50 seconds there's no dialogue the name of the teaser is called breathing because you hear Darth Vader breathing and you just get quick shots of the movie. I mean, stuff to get you excited, like seeing Jango Fett fly off in his jetpack. You see Slave One, you get a first look at the lightsaber battle, just all this quick but awesome shots visually to get you really pumped for the movie. And then the second one was kind of a bonus feature that you had to unlock on the Phantom Menace DVD because that... 2001 was the first time a Star Wars movie was released on DVD with The Phantom Menace. And then later on, they had that's when DVDs had special links to websites that you can only access from the disc. And from The Phantom Menace, when you were able to get a link to a, a episode two website that had the second trailer, which was Mystery. And that's where we got some dialogue and actually felt like a real teaser trailer. And that was great. And then I don't know if it was a week later or just a few days later, but then we got the Forbidden Love trailer, which focused more on the love story that we're going to see between Anakin and Padme. And there were just all great teasers having their own elements. Like like I said, that just got you excited, excited for it, the movie coming out. And then the actual trailer that we got later in March was just awesome because that one really delved into the Battle of Geonosis that we really didn't get a lot in those first three teasers. And seeing all that just blew me away. Just thinking, man, this Star Wars movie is really going to deliver that. We're seeing visuals and actor sequences that we haven't seen in Star Wars, a Star Wars movie before. And that last trailer, it was just called Clone Wars, I believe, or Clone War. And it was just a great, the ultimate way to get excited for the movie about that time for me. So my excitement level was through the roof. And that opening night, that was actually the first movie where I stayed in line uh, for quite a few hours i remember with phantom menace it maybe got there maybe like an hour or two before the midnight showing but for attack of the clones i remember uh we were there probably like around two o'clock um waiting outside in the theater um for the midnight showing and that's <laughs> when you had to wait all day with no assigned seating no early screenings that started at three o'clock on the thursday before this is where you had to camp out if you wanted a good seat uh it was just a fun time too uh waiting hanging out with friends uh just being uh, super excited for the movie and then just that moment where you they finally let you into the theater about an hour before midnight and just the excitement level that was built in there it was just a lot of fun and just seeing it for the first time i loved it right away this it was exactly the star wars movie i was hoping it would be when i first saw it and yes i get the criticism that it has the anakin and padme scenes there is some uh some cringy dialogue in there. I'm not going to deny that. <laughs> Some of the uh, performances hey, Tim, aren't the great in that yeah, moment. So gonna, I'll totally not, I'll totally yeah. acknowledge that. So I'm not going to kind of 
be have blinders on and say, oh, that was the great writing that Lucas and Jonathan Hales did and great performances there. No, I understand it. <laughs> I'm going to have to interrupt you again. Number three. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I was just thinking about how... I, I was just thinking about, like, Anakin and uh, Padme and Shmi and even Ahsoka, you know, and, you know, like, (laughs) this is a really complex thought for something that, you know, is essentially for kids, right? This movie's for (laughs) kids. Uh, But the the rise of fascism, right? The Mm -hmm. rise of fascism is always, you know, we have to protect the women, the, the women and the children, right? We always have to protect the women and children. That that's that is, you know, sort sort of key in the rise of fascism. You know, first we need to protect them by taking away their rights, right? And I feel like this is what George Lucas was trying to say with the all of that sort of weird dialogue in this movie. I, I know it's really cheesy and stiff and, you know, uh, just, uh, I'll say it bad, just bad writing. But I think that's what he was trying to say, you know, like with the rise of fascism, or in this case, the rise of Palpatine and the Empire, right? It always begins with men trying to protect women, you know. And again, like I, I think that's what he was trying to say with all of this. And you know, in a sense, it's kind of brilliant, especially if you factor in what happens in Revenge of the Sith, where you know he's uh, Anakin is literally trying to save Padme from this this future that he envisions where she she is she's in pain or she dies and you know uh, she's pregnant and all of these things right so like the 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 rise of fashion begins with one wanting to protect women and children and i don't know i, I it's it's not a thing that talk, that gets talked about and you know like the in Star Wars, but because it is so bad, written so bad, but just looking back, it's, it's sort of brilliant how he, he, uh, George Lucas sort of put this in place, even though it it wasn't the greatest thing, but you know, it's, it's sort of like he, he understood the beginnings of fascism and like, like what, what, like the idea, the, the, the idea behind it, you know, you got to protect these women and children by, you know, doing what I think is correct and not asking their opinion how they feel unsafe, right? And doing my own thing and in the end, uh, you know, in the end, hurting them and killing them. So, yeah, that that's, yeah. I, I don't know, I just thought that was brilliant. That, that, that's a thought that I came, that, that, came into my head like a while ago and I've been thinking about it. It's like, wow, he put that, he put that in a movie that came out in what, 2002. Um, And, you know, like, it's, I don't know, it's just so, so, so brilliant. 
in my opinion. I, I know people give it, you know, especially Attack of the Clones, they give it, you know, a lot of, a lot of crap, right? And um, a lot of people criticize Anakin for the way he treats Padme, especially in Revenge of the Sith. But it's it's that mindset where it's that fascist mindset where like you know I have to protect the women and children. I have to protect the women and children because they can't protect themselves, and only I know what's right. And um, this is what I'm gonna do. And you know they, it doesn't work. It doesn't work like that. Yeah, well, I'll be honest, Dane, I didn't necessarily think of that direction when uh, talking about the dialogue of Anakin hating sand and saying how he sure. can't breathe around sure. that way. <laughs> yeah, sure. So, so but I, I was def- definitely a perspective I never thought about, but when that kind of, when you look at the deeper layers of it, that kind of plays true to what eventually happens, like I said, with Anakin and Padme's relationship. But, um, yeah, but... Even so, with some of those scenes and dialogue, and I will even say too that not all the Anakin and Padme scenes are bad. I mean, there's some that are good. I think the one where they're at the Meadow Picnic, where they're talking about politics, is a really great one. And then on the refugee shuttle, had some great moments too. So I'm not just going to say that all the Anakin and Padme scenes were just awful. There's definitely some good ones in there. But even with some of that rough dialogue and moments, there the movie just has so much more. It's so much more than that. It has so much more going for it with the story. I still maintain that it's one of the best. Star Wars or stories in a Star Wars movie with the mystery surrounding who's trying to kill Padme and then Obi-Wan realized oh there's someone created a secret army for the Republic and just how I bet we don't know it while we're watching it and not till um some years later with Revenge of the Sith and stuff we learned in Clone Wars but just how brilliant of a plan <laughs> Palpatine had and it was just all introduced in this movie here and loving it also too for introducing one of my favorite aspects of all of Star Wars, which is the clones and the stories that came afterwards with this and just how tragic their story is and their role that they had to play and being manip- manipulated by Palpatine for this war and just kind of be disregarded by so many and just no- seeing everything they went through in the Clone Wars. It just it makes their story. I've said it many times before, like the clones are just one of the best aspects of Star Wars is how tragic um, their story is and the grand scheme of things of what Palpatine had planned for the galaxy and for him to rise to power. And then you just get into the cool bits as for Star Wars fans seeing, like I said, in the trailer, the start of the Clone Wars with the Battle of Geonosis. That was just amazing all the way around. The arena battle, the Jedi in action, the seeing the clone troopers and just an all out war. I still think that is the action sequence that best puts the war in Star Wars. It's just a really, really great sequence. And then you top it off with the lightsaber battle was Anakin and Obi-Wan and Dooku, but then, of course, the highlight, Yoda versus Dooku, which was one of the first, not the first, because the first cheering moment I said before was when, in the Fellowship of the Ring, where Aragorn chopped out the head of the Urukai. <laughs> that was like the first cheer I remember experiencing at the theater, but that wasn't as loud as the one that Yoda got in that lightsaber battle, or just blowing the roof off the place <laughs> with the reaction everyone had. He didn't even light ignite his lightsaber yet, just hearing him and seeing him walk into that room and just people knew what was coming. That was a great bit too, where the marketing and all the trailers and stuff, they did not show a hint of Yoda using the lightsaber. But for those who were closely following the movie, you knew it was going to happen. Lucas made some hints about it. And back, back then I didn't, that was where I was really reading rumors and not full blown spoilers, but 
I read quite a bit <laughs> on Attack of the Clones, so I knew that Yoda fight was coming, but still not having seen anything about it, getting the chance to finally see that battle in Sioux on screen for the first time was a moment I will never forget as a Star Wars fan. It was just insane. And then just the buzz in the theater afterwards, just everyone left on a felt like everyone in the theater left on a high note, totally different from the Phantom Menace where just such a mixed reaction. But with this one, like felt like everyone was on, was in Star Wars heaven right after the movie ended. And it was kind of one of those things where afterwards is when I kind of found out, Oh, it's not everyone's happy about it. That's it's kind of, that's kind of what really sank into me where uh, there's going to be a Star Wars movie that's not going to be pleasing to to everyone. Of course, that's the case with anything, but, I was really surprised at the amount of backlash this one got because I thought it totally kind of fixed. Not, I don't want to say fixed, but the problems that people had with the Phantom Menace, I thought this one would deliver for them. And I found out that it didn't <laughs> later on. I then come to realize years later how this is actually, some people consider it to be worse than the Phantom Menace, which uh, I do not agree with. But because I always see it's on the bottom list of so many people's Star Wars rankings. Stack of the Clones is usually the last one on there. And I just go... Really? It's like I just sometimes I feel like I'm watching a different movie or it's like they just focus on a few cringy moments here and there. And that ruins the whole experience for it, where I just feel there's just so much more to the movie than uh, for the amount of flack that it gets. But that's me. Can't change the way other people feel about it. But uh, I'm just glad this movie is this. I feel it definitely is uh, one of the more important movies in the Star Wars saga for what it, how it moves the stories forward. I feel it's the most underrated one, but. Uh, regardless, I loved it. I loved it when I first saw it back in 2002, and I continue to love it 20 years later, which I still <laughs> find hard to believe. And this kind of what started, like I said, it was the launching point for so many future great Star Wars stories, not just with Revenge of the Sith, but all the stuff we got in the Clone Wars that helped make this era of Star Wars, the prequel and the Clone Wars era, my favorite of the entire saga and the one I find the most interesting and compelling. And I felt uh, Attack of the Clones is the launching point for all that amazing stuff that we got. So yeah, 20 years of Attack of the Clones. Hard to believe, but um, it's been a great 20 years having this movie around and just being part of the Star Wars saga. And I just watched it uh, last weekend um, as I'm for both to celebrate this 20 years, but also uh, getting more hyped up and watching a lot of all the prequels and some Clone Wars before Obi-Wan Kenobi premieres next week. So and it was just a great time watching that. I watched Phantom Menace and Attack of the Clones back to back and... Today, I'll be continuing that with a watch of, Siege of the Siege of Mandalore arc and then Revenge of the Sith. So <laughs> another double feature Star Wars event is going on for me tonight. But uh, Attack of the Clones, yeah, it was just great watching it again. Can't, don't know how many times I've seen it because I've seen it a bunch in the last 20 years. And I know that will be the case moving forward. So Attack of the Clones, happy 20, 20th anniversary. Yeah, uh, Attack of the Clones and... Uh, the Last Jedi is why I don't consider myself um, a Star Wars fan, even though you, you know, keep saying that, Dane. I keep yeah. telling you, you are a Star Wars fan, regardless yeah, of your, how you feel about certain things. Might be different if you like it. You like it. Well, you're I, a fan. I mean, I, I guess it's because like I can look at things objectively and be like, oh, okay. My fav, my two favorite, and they go back and forth. Uh, Star Wars movies. Or The Last Jedi and Attack of the Clones. I, I can't pick one. It's it's between these two. Um, and just the amount of hate that <laughs> these two movies get. Uh, it's, yeah, I'm not a Star Wars fan. I can't I, I, I can't consider myself a part. 
So um, you're saying I'm not a Star Wars fan either because I don't hate those movies? Is that what you're saying? Uh, despite despite <laughs> what you said, despite what you said, because you know you you also like you know what people consider or Star Wars fans consider to be the best Star Wars movie, which is Empire, right? Mm-hmm. So you know I I I love Empire, but you know I, for me it's the Last Jedi or uh, Attack of the Clones, and <laughs> just the amount of hate that those two movies get is the reason why I don't consider myself a Star Wars fan because I love those movies, these two movies and it's hard for me to pick a, pick a winner or pick a, pick a number one. So yeah, that's the, uh, that's the reason why. So, um, yeah, that's, that's why I love this movie. It's, you know, it's like people hate it. So, uh, I, I, I find that, you know, I find so much that I love about this movie. Yeah, I'm right there with you. And do you remember your first experience watching it uh, when it first came out in 2002? Do you remember seeing it opening night or opening weekend? Or did you see it a little uh, no. bit later? So I, I do actually remember seeing it. Um, it was one of the last movies, believe it or not, that I saw at a drive-in uh, movie theater. Mm, okay. Yeah, so like we had this drive-in movie theater near uh, my parents' house. And uh, my mom had a... I don't know. It was either like a Tupperware thing or like a like like so, something like that. Me and my dad had to leave the house because uh, her and her friends were gonna like do something, right, at the at the house. So we went out and then we decided to see uh, Attack of the Clones. And to be honest, I don't really remember it at all. It, it's it's only after I became an adult that I truly truly mm-hmm. appreciated it. Yeah. At least you could say you saw it in the theater, though. That's the important thing. <laughs> yeah. Well, so do, not do, even a little bit of the Yoda moment, if you remember, like, here's people's remember, reaction yeah. in their cars. <laughs> I do remember the Yoda moment and being like, wait, what? He can fight? <laughs> because my, my, my only uh, experience with, with Yoda was, you know, uh, Return of the Jedi, right? Like, he, he just, he just, is there and he dies. <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, that, that, that was like, like what? He can fight. He he has a lightsaber. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. yeah, that 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 um, that is my memory. Also, I gotta ask you this, Tim. Um, and you're probably the only person with this answer right off the top of your head. Was this the movie that when the VHS, when the home release came out, uh, the, the, the uh, commercial narrator said something like, uh, Huda Man, Yoda Man? Yep. It was this one, right? It yeah. was this one. I remember that. I remember that. Uh, yeah. I remember not being a fan of that commercial. Because <laughs> it was like, first of all, that marketing line is terrible. Who's the man? Yoda Man. And then you see yeah. this terrible <laughs> effect of, you know when Yoda's blocking Dooku's uh, lightning bolts with his hand? Yeah. They have this terrible superimposed effect of Yoda doing that, but you see the DVD box set or the DVD box cover of Attack of the Clones. He's like moving it around. It's just, it was awful. <laughs> oh, man. I, I got to look that up again. <laughs> yeah, that's the finest marketing moment for Star Wars. I will say that. <laughs> what are you talking about, Tim? That is the 
the finest hour, you know, <laughs> marketing has never, th that was the pinnacle of marketing, Tim. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. This is why I'm not a Star Wars fan, Tim, but that is the <laughs> pinnacle of Star Wars marketing. But, well, I'll have to agree with you then on that one. Yes, you are, you are not a Star Wars fan. I take back what I said. <laughs> <laughs> also, too, if you get, they probably should be on YouTube, but I'm not 100% sure, but Look at those documentaries that were on the Attack of the Clones DVD. Those are some awesome stuff. Just the exclusives for the DVD, but then also the web featurettes that were also part of the lead-up to Episode 2 that they released every few months, which was great. It's just funny, looking back 20 years ago, this Lucas, again, pioneering uh, film technology with the use of digital filming, how Episode 2 was the first one, and then you hear these like old, kind of these old-time uh, film historians saying how digital is not going to work and it'll never be as great as film and all that. <laughs> it was just crazy to look back at that time, just how such a unexplored territory it was in film and just Lucas again, pioneering uh, and moving forward different technology to use for filmmaking. It's just great to look back at that stuff and just great behind the scenes look. Those prequel DVDs, man, they really delivered on the bonus features with the exception of Revenge of the Sith where it's main documentary um, was a little disappointing, but other than that, all the rest, or those prequel DVDs, really were some of the best Star Wars documentaries that you're going to get. So, yeah, if you're still feeling nostalgic for Attack of the Clones and to celebrate its 20th anniversary, do yourself a favor and look up some of those uh, documentaries that they're at the D that were on the DVD at the time. They're just really, really great. I, I think they're on the, uh, the digital download of uh, Attack of the Clones. Is Some it called, of them um, are from puppets to pixels. Yeah, that, if that one's on there. That's definitely one of them. Yeah. Yeah, state of the art previs of episode two. Because uh, I know the Disney Plus special features. Some stuff is on there. Some stuff is not. I don't think the web documentaries are on there. So. Yeah, there's like a bunch of stuff. Yeah. There's a great. Dexter. <laughs> there's a Dexter Jetster <laughs> maquette. Mm. what is that oh, oh yeah, just, it's just like a yeah like a head bust that they have of yeah. all the different creatures i know dexter jester was one of them that lucas was took a shine i took a liking to <laughs> uh concept uh the, the visual effects breakdown of uh yeah yeah, so all that stuff is just great behind the scenes. Like the the yeah. puppets to pixel one's really great as far as um, the animation director Rob Coleman really pushing for CG Yoda and just how he really wanted to make it work and um, just the the work that had to be done by ILM to really convince Lucas and to make sure uh, they could pull it off and they did because Yoda still looks great and he always has only gotten better in his subsequent appearances with Revenge of the Sith and then. Going backwards with the <laughs> CG Yoda for the Phantom Menace, which was miles above the puppet Yoda we got in that movie. <laughs> is the uh, novelization any good? It is good, yeah. Um, okay. I, I listened to that about. I, I read the book and then I listened to the audiobook about ten years ago, which probably mm. for another <laughs> reread or listen to that. But yeah, I loved all the prequel novelizations, but Revenge of the Sith is the best one. It really goes into expands certain things that just really gets into the mindsets of the characters like no other of the other prequel books did it's written as a special one i see 
Did you know that uh, uh, Attack of the Clones was outgrossed by Spider-Man and uh, the Two Towers? I did, yes. Spider-Man I knew right away because I was just such <laughs> a blockbuster in every sense of the word and kind of had a feeling yeah. that, uh, especially with the reception of the Phantom Menace got, that Attack of the Clones probably would have beat Spider-Man. That was a good year for movies, though. (laughs) Spider-Man, Attack of the Clones, The Two Towers. How how much did, uh, uh, I want to say George Lucas, uh, Peter Jackson add into uh, The Two Towers? You you know, in The Two Towers, that that battle scene in that pit or whatever? In Helm's Deep? Helm's Deep, yeah. Uh, How much was added onto that in the... um, Extended, extended versions yeah um not too much honestly i don't oh, think wow. there's really too big of additions that were in the extended edition for that one so so most of that so so most of that movie was that fight then um that a good portion of it in the, in the theatrical cut yeah because a, de- a lot yeah. was definitely added in the extended edition but just not of that sequence yeah i see mainly towards the end where you see the the trees uh, take out the orcs at the end when Gandalf will rise. Yeah. I think that, was, that was added in? Yeah, that was the main addition oh. to that battle sequence. Oh, I see. So, yeah, I guess that's our celebration of 20 years of Attack of the Clones. Um, again, I wanted to use every opportunity I can <laughs> to celebrate what I feel is the most underrated Star Wars movie. So thanks for indulging me, Dane. And I'm glad you feel the same way about it as I do. <laughs> Yeah, I do. Um, also, if you, if you haven't listened to it, to it yet, uh, the the Wampas Lair podcast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I know they did like a three part. Yeah. yeah, they did like a three three parter on um, the first act, the second act, and third act of uh, Attack of the Clones. I'd highly recommend it. Also, what I didn't tell about the the Wampas Lair. Until now, which is weird because I've been listening to that show for a long time now. Uh, I I didn't I didn't hear I guess or know that they add an echo effect to their voice. <laughs> Let's see, I didn't know that either. <laughs> yeah, and, and like uh, like they're in a cave or a lair. <laughs> I I didn't know that until recently, you know. That oh, makes sense. I mean, they're just hanging out in the Wampus Lair for so long. Yeah. <laughs> that's not some echo, but that, that's pretty <laughs> awesome. I didn't know they, uh, Jason and Carl did that. but <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, the things you can learn about something you've been listening to for the last, I don't know, eight years, ten years. <laughs> oh, should we add a vocal effect, Dane, to our, to our show? Where are we hanging out doing this? <laughs> uh, Dublin, so... Uh... <laughs> right. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe we can do an Irish thing, <laughs> so, so, some kind of like Irish Celtic music behind us. There you go. Maybe something like that. <laughs> then we'll get a copyright claim or something. Yeah. <laughs> on the episode where we can't use it. <laughs> I guess we'll have, we'll have our lawyers look into that. I mean, <laughs> been around the game ten years. We, you know, we have this reputation we have to maintain. So we'll have our yeah. lawyers look into that. <laughs> uh, um, so, yeah, and one other thing I want to mention as far as news related, and we kind of <laughs> missed this on our last episode after being gone for so long and just 
talking about the topics we did on that one. Um, it was officially announced at uh, CinemaCon uh, probably a few months months ago now, a few weeks, definitely a few weeks ago, <laughs> about how Warner Brothers officially announced the sequel for the Batman 2. Or I, I don't think it's going to be called the Batman 2. I shouldn't even say that. <laughs> the, the sequel to the Batman has officially been announced with Matt Reeves coming back as directing uh, Robert Pattinson back as Batman. And I guess the one thing I don't want to say that's surprising, but was glad to hear that Zoe Kravitz will be back as well. So Catwoman will be featured in the sequel as um, will be coming back for the sequel, too, because um, there was the potential where we see her right off that that was going to be it for Catwoman. And maybe it was focus on other characters and villains for the sequel, but definitely glad that she'll be back and playing a role in the sequel for the Batman uh, which was great news. Obviously not su- super surprising, but whenever you get those official announcements, it's always good. So that was awesome to get. And just to see it again, where it was, it's been on HBO Max now for about a month. And the 4K Blu-ray disc is finally coming out this week. And I can't wait to watch it again with that. But um, as kind of talked about, you know, when I first saw it, I didn't love it like I was hoping to, but kind of suspected I'd probably come to appreciate and like it more every time I see it. And that's quickly becoming the case. <laughs> Seeing it again at home, I just enjoying it more and more. And it's it's a great Batman movie. And I just think it's going to age like a fine wine for me. I know it's already a fine wine for so many Batman fans, but um, I'm just coming to appreciate more and more what Matt Reeves did with it, um, especially getting to watch it at home on HBO Max. So definitely looking forward to more viewings once I get that 4K disc and exploring more of those special features. And just to be excited for the sequel once we get that and excited to learn about more details and what's it's going to be about and what villains we're going to see. Yeah. Noted the Batman hater, Tim. (laughs) (laughs) See, that's the problem. No matter how much I grow to love the movie, that's always good. I'm going to have that stigma now just for not feeling that way right away after seeing it for the first time. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, last Jedi was the first one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm pretty sure we can come to agreement on that. Yes. Batman is the second one. So, uh, noted Batman hater, noted <laughs> the Batman hater, Tim, is your new title. Uh, that's going to be our our, uh, our our name for next year. There you go. <laughs> yeah. The Batman hater, Tim. Is, uh, <laughs> we'll we'll see Batman. if we can remember that. Yeah. <laughs> By the time we get to 2023. <laughs> so, yeah, we got that news. And then not too much else. So one thing, too, I'll mention real quick. Um, we got a little bit of gameplay footage for uh, Gotham Knights, um, the video game that keeps getting delayed. <laughs> but uh, they showed off some gameplay footage for Nightwing and uh, Red Hood. It looks solid, but the one thing that stood out that I'm not really a super huge fan of is the way of transportation that the characters have to get from building to building, it seems a little, a uh, little strange uh, for them where they just can't use their grappling hook. They kind of made it a special point to have each character have their own unique abilities. I don't know if you saw any of the gameplay footage, Dane, that they released for it, but it's like Nightwing has like this big glider that he uses that he holds onto from the bottom and glides around to buildings. And then Red Hood hops on like these mystical energy fields since he's been brought back to life by the Lazarus pit. I, that gives some mystical energy fields to hop on <laughs> from building to building. I don't know. This sounds like a strange gimmick for for them to put into this game. <laughs> but other than that, it still looks solid. Um, I'm 
more excited about to get into the story dealing with the Court of Owls and just being able to play the different Bat family members um, co-op too, which should be a lot of fun. So it just I'll probably get more excited for the game once it's get closer to its release and we start seeing more of it. But uh, it was good to see that footage. By the same time, <laughs> that one aspect of it sounded a little off to me. So, but I'm sure it won't be a huge deal. But it'll just some that <laughs> might make you roll your eyes a bit, maybe when you're seeing it. Like, was that really necessary to put in there? Um, so I don't know. <laughs> so, I guess they wanted to do something different. Was the pre-order before the the delay, or was the delay before the pre-order? I think the delay was uh, before the pre-order, but maybe that. Hmm. It's why they <laughs> delayed it because they had like a lot of different additions with that, if I remember right. Almost yeah. like too many. They're super expensive. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, like, for me, it's going to be a wait and see thing. Like, I'm going to read the reviews before I buy it because, to be honest, I'm kind of not really excited about it. You know, I mean, I know, you know, they're doing the team up thing and, you know, it's, it looks like an open world uh, mm-hmm. game. Sort of like the Arkham games, but like I, I don't know. I just, I just uh, kind of don't have the uh, excitement for it the way that you do. Or yeah, uh, even my excitement level is not like through the roof for it right now. It's like the delays don't help. Well, let's be honest, that kind of kills the excitement and not seeing too much yeah. of it. But so, like I said, I think maybe when it gets closer and we start seeing more of it, then maybe that hype level will be higher because. Right now, nothing, yeah. no video games on my hype level like the TMNT Calabunga collection. <laughs> <laughs> I just can't wait for that release date to come out. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just no. give me that, please. Well, for me, it was the uh, that alpha that alpha footage that they released. Um, was that at a PlayStation event or was that uh, an e, like an E3 sort of thing or? I don't remember. Uh, yeah, I can't remember, but like I, I just remember being like, "Oh my god, that look that does not look good." I think uh, the first, you know, first was, like the DC fandom, I think had the first trailer, like trailer for it, and a little bit of gameplay footage, like when it was pretty early. I don't yeah. know if that's the one you're thinking of. But. Uh, the one where like they're they're fighting in from like a um, like a courthouse. It looks like mm, I don't know. Okay. Um. Yeah, that was that didn't look good because it was all stuttery and like yeah. ocean blurry and about. stuff. Yeah, and I just remember like, wow, I can't believe they released that. I mean, why did they just wait until they until they um, got things more smoother? I guess you could say. Yeah. And you know, I mean, especially now that we know it's delayed. I mean, you have time, right? You know to to work on that stuff. And I remember just being wholly unimpressed with it and like being like, Oh, it's just an Arkham sequel. Right. And I was like, ah, I don't know if I want to really dive into that. So for me, it's just going to be a wait and see, wait for the reviews before you order, uh, uh, buy it. Yeah. Yeah. And hopefully I at least hope the delay is a big reason why to polish all that stuff up because that'd be a major disappointment if, they didn't fix that type of stuff, which I think they did because the footage they showed off this past week looked so much better than what that initial footage was a couple of years ago. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, it's definitely stepped up a bit. Um, but yeah, I it's a wait and see. Uh, maybe wait for the Tim review. I don't know. 
Yeah, but, um, but, but I'm more likely to be getting it when it comes out, unless it just gets oh. really bad scores. But <laughs> I, I don't think that's going to be the case. Did you see uh, Morbius? No, I didn't. Oh, okay. I'll be waiting just, just to whatever streaming service it ends up on. Yeah. <laughs> I'll check it. Out. I was just wondering if you did. Like, is, is it a good bad or is it a bad bad? You know, like, can, yeah. can I have fun with it? Or to me, I keep yeah. I kind of hear it's a bad bad, where it's like boring and not not really great. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But the, the, there are certain elements that kind of look ridiculous that will might make it a bad good. So I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't know. I mean, it's like you, you haven't seen it, but like, it, is it sort of like Marvel's attempt at a Batman movie? <laughs> yeah, I don't think it's so. kind of what it looked like. <laughs> no, uh, I didn't get that vibe at all. He may have the powers of a bat, but it definitely <laughs> it doesn't look like a Batman movie. <laughs> uh, I, I, I thought you, you the, being the diehard Marvel fan that you are, I thought you would have dove in there and been in there um, i'm i'm the just premiere. that way with the mcu films i'm so invested in that universe but when it's these one-offs that especially with sony who doesn't really know what to do with their spider-man characters those are the ones i'll just wait <laughs> and see if i'm not interested in the character like morbius i always knew of the character um and his ties to spider-man i've never really been a big fan of it so and then when i heard the movie was just kind of average to not yeah. that great it's like i'll just wait till whenever i see it yeah, well, I mean, I don't know. To 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 me, it just seems like a man bat movie, right? Yeah, probably probably is kind of. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. But man bat will at least visually visually look more interesting than Morbius did because I would love to see live action <laughs> man bat. <laughs> he would look pretty awesome. You know, I'm so curious about what the the CGI looks like in that movie. Probably. So. Yeah. Probably not the best. <laughs> it's going to compare it to other big superhero movies. But. Yeah. You know, I, I I saw saw a thing where it's like, uh, is is Tom Holland going to be back as Spider Man? Yeah, he's going to be back. Of course he is. I mean, that's that's without a given, right? You would assume so right now, but even though despite yeah. his comments saying like, I don't know what the future is going to hold, or I need a break, you're like. I get, and he deserves a break, but I totally with you. I believe he's gonna be back. They'll they'll make it work somehow. Yeah. yeah. Because, I mean, I mean, this is the, isn't this the second time? Like, oh, is there gonna be another Spider-Man movie? Well, wasn't that after uh, Far From Home? No, no, we knew there was gonna be another Spider-Man movie. Just wouldn't know if it would be. Uh, in the MCU and have the partnership with Disney and Sony. We were, oh, Cause it could have just I been see. a third one made by Sony, which oh, that wouldn't have been good. <laughs> <laughs> Especially knowing how amazing no way home is. So glad they were able to work that out. <laughs> At yeah. least partner up for one more movie. Yeah. Okay. So, um, sort of off topic from what we've been talking about, but I'm going to be on Twitter a lot more. Not because, you know, I have anything to say or anything, but uh, the, the Kenobi uh, show is coming out um, in about a week. And so, like, uh, we're going to go into overdrive on the uh, sort of random. Uh, we're taking one thing from one interview. And, Your favorite headlines, uh, right? <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, like writing. Oh, they're right here. Yeah. Oh, really? What, what have you seen? 
Well, mainly from that Vanity Fair article, like people mm-hmm. taking different topics, uh, like quotes to making them big stories. Like uh, director Deborah Chow describes Anakin and Obi Wan's relationship as, as a love story, or <laughs> Dave Filoni and John Favreau fought ferociously over including Grogu in the Mandalorian. It's just see the typical <laughs> clickbait headlines stuff. It just makes me roll my eyes. And yeah, there's. Oh, some of that stuff is said, but when you read it in context, it's not like the big shocking revelation that these headlines are trying to make you believe. Like Anakin and Obi Wan, a love story. Yeah, you could obviously the relationship. Obi Wan says, "You're my brother, Anakin. I loved you." I mean, it's there, yeah. but these certain people are just trying to make it like these like clickbait headlines to make them go what and just try to r- rile people up. It seems like in in what sense. You know, just make it, oh, someone said this, or or director said this, or they had this fight. Like, what's going on? You know, that type of scenario stuff. Yeah, so uh, this is my favorite time of the year, or favorite time of uh, when when movies or TV shows come out. So, Uh, yeah. So, yeah, you'll you'll be in for a lot. (laughs) Each week, (laughs) I'm sure there'll be a headline. But yeah, I guess with that, that's going to do it for this episode. So as always, Dane, I'll go ahead and throw it to you for the outro. All right. Go over to the BatmanUniverse.net, Facebook.com, slash the Batman Universe. Twitter handle is at BatfansPodcast. Sorry. The show's Twitter handle is at BatfansPodcast. Tim's Twitter handle is at TimG311. My Twitter handle is at DaneSensePanana. Rate and review sign iTunes. Email the show. At dashhands and outpants at gmail.com. So, with that, we say again every single episode 10. We love each and every one of you with all of our Attack of the Clones loving hearts for the last 20 years. <laughs> See you guys next time. See you next time, everybody.